and welcome to Subject ACT with me, Heather Murray. Subject ACT brings you stories from your local Canberra community and beyond, stories with a global dimension. Now, female participation as apprentices and trainees in the building and construction industry, if we focus just on trades, it's less than 1%. And this has changed very little over decades. There are many reasons for this, not least the powerful stereotypes and myths around what is women's work and what is men's work. Stereotypes that are still very persistent today. But there is change afoot. Women working in the male-dominated construction and development sector in Canberra are opening up opportunities for other women to find careers and employment in this industry. With me in the studio is Joe Farrell, General Manager of Kane Constructions and founder of the not-for-profit Build Like a Girl, and Emma Scraby, Training and Employment Manager for Spark Gin and Dairy. Welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Joe. perhaps we could start with you. If you could tell us something of your background. You've been in construction since the 90s, I believe. Yep, 1996, yep. And how did you progress through that? Because I guess there were even fewer women in construction than there are today. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it was a a bit of a mission to actually uh, step into a trade in 96 when I left school. Um, It was something that I always had my heart set on, but it wasn't something that the industry was open to necessarily. Mm. Um, So I grew up in Wollongong in the shadow of the the steelworks, BHP steelworks, and all the other guys at my school would go and have an apprenticeship there, and it was quite a natural thing to do, but that wasn't an option for females. So um, knocked on a lot of doors and um, spoke to a lot of people to try and get an opportunity, and and after quite a long time and many, many rejections, finally um, got a bit of a start as long as I was willing to work for nothing for three months first to try and prove myself. (laughs) And and I think that was kind of aimed at it as a deterrent and uh, didn't work. So, uh, yeah, uh, tw- over 24 years now, been in the industry and qualified carpenter, licensed builder, qualified building designer and, yeah, general manager of a multi-million dollar construction company in Canberra at the moment. So you would have faced a number of barriers and it wouldn't have been all smooth sailing, but you've achieved a, a lot. What sort of barriers do you think women still face today? Yeah, look, unfortunately... A lot of the things that were said to me and a lot of the reactions and and the general behaviours that I experienced are still quite prevalent today. A lot of the work I do around supporting young women in entering a trade, they tell me some of the things that have happened to them and some of their experiences and and it's... It doesn't seem like too much has changed in 24 years, which is really disheartening. But I do think there are changes happening out there culturally, but it's just at a really glacial pace. A lot of the barriers are are really around the view that, you know, women might not be strong enough to do a trade where it's that's really not even relevant um, because you need to work smart, not hard. It's not about brawn. It's about brains. Um, And I think there's just a general perception out there about what a trade is and what we do. So a, a lot of it. I think comes down to the stereotype and the stigma that still hasn't changed too much. Um, and a lot of the time, women who just don't get the opportunity to just step in the door, much like I was 24 mm. years ago. But once they do step through, I think a lot of the employers find quite a dramatic change in their business. You know, they find better ways to do things. I think women are a lot more analytical in their approach to work. They're generally a lot more safer. You know, there's a range of benefits that, that happen by having that diversity in those trade teams. Mm. So overall, it's positive. It's just that initial uh, breaking down that barrier to say, you know, give a woman a go to actually step through and then see what happens yes. after that. And what about the schools? 
where uh, girls are coming through? Yeah, I think it's still in schools. I mean, um, Emma does a lot of work with, with the education sector with what she does, but what we find is uh, careers counsellors either may not encourage it. So if a, a young woman sort of says to them, I want to be an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter, they, they may not necessarily encourage it in the way that it should be, or they just don't know where they need to go to ask those questions to then mm. create the pathway. And mm. I suppose that's what we're trying to do is create that awareness. And, and since Build Like a Girl, we, we kicked off August, September last year, a lot of our inquiries have come through from parents who have said, you know, my daughter oh. wants to be an electrician. Um, what do I do? How do I encourage this? What's the best pathway for her? And so we field a lot of those sorts of inquiries and, and go back with information yeah. to start pointing them in the right direction. And Emma, have you found a, a similar issue with barriers to girls and women coming through? Yeah, it's it's really interesting with a lot of the um, the schools that I work with through Gin and Derry and uh, and our programs. A lot of young people think they want to work in construction, whether it's a male or female, but they actually don't really know what that looks like. Um, so with with some of the inquiries we have from young women in year 10, 11 and 12 wanting to do, you know, wanting to do construction, they, they actually never thought it was really a pathway for them. You know, often with young people in school, year seven, eight and nine, there's a whole lot of pathways that are talked about and still, you know, construction is not necessarily a pathway that mm. is normal for young women to take through school. So yeah. as Joe said, it's really important um, you can't be what you can't see. So it's really important that, you know, the likes of all the women out there in the construction sector are, are trying to get together and... and to say that you can do this and there are pathways and there are organisations like Build Like a Girl, you know, that will help provide the advice and guidance to get you through. Yes. Um, do you think that stigma and prejudice that you mentioned, Joe, and, and that you've seen, Emma, do you think that's going to be easy to overcome? Joe, how, how will Build Like a Girl enact real sustained change? I think it's about setting realistic expectations. So not only with the women who are entering the industry, for them to understand what what a trade role looks like, and the it is hard work. It, you don't just step in and and it all sort of um, organically happens, and everyone's everyone's quite happy about it. It's it is a hard job, and it requires a fair amount of commitment and dedication. But likewise, the employers have to be open to catering for women. We still have building sites around Canberra that don't have female amenities on site. Oh, gosh. Um, so, you know, there's just catering for the basics, I think, is, is part of the challenge and the understanding. I, I think that, you know, how we, how we change the industry is by talking with employers, talking with companies about the benefits of what this looks like, by being there to help them through. So generally with apprentices, whether they're male or female, the first six months is when they're going to drop out. So, you know, there's, there's the first part of the journey, <clears throat> which is is recruiting and getting women interested in a trade and getting them enrolled and finding an, an employer and then enrolling them into, you know, whether it's CIT or the MBA or HIA or the group training providers out there. That's the first step. But within that first six months is when a bit of the magic happens. So there might be an experience they have on site that, that isn't so great. We generally find with the change of the seasons because it's such a, an outdoorsy mm. job, when you hit, you hit the peak of summer or the peak of winter, it's sort of like, well, this isn't that fun anymore. There's all these sort of little things that sometimes if they build up, they become a big thing. And that's when we lose our apprentices across the board. Likewise, an employer, um, depending on fluctuation of work and different things, the apprentices generally are always the first ones that, you know, have to go out the door when things get a bit tough. So what we want to try and do is combat that. We want to talk to government about the pipeline of work and what, you know, what benefit apprentices bring to, to companies. We want to create the opportunities for the companies to actually, if they're employing 
more women on trades and on the ground that there's a there's a recognition of that and that there's a pipeline of work that actually rewards that sort of stuff so there's a lot of talk around gender on the tender with with um, ACT gov and, and other government um, projects about quotas and, and targets and what that sort of looks like and they're all the sorts of things that need to happen to actually allow more women to enter the industry more easily. If the pipeline of work isn't there, employers can't employ them, you know, we can't then encourage that, change the behaviours and start working with people on a more cultural level about what it looks like to have more women on the ground side yes. by side. And are you working with all sorts of women? Yeah, yeah. So um, Build Like a Girl has uh, 10 ambassadors and some some of them are mums. Um, so we have a, a plumber who uh, she's a mum of two two kids be below the age of three. Um, she's also a teacher at CIT and she runs her own plumbing business. So she's, she's sort of, uh, I don't know how she does it, but uh, if Alyssa's listening, you're a rock star. Um, <laughs> so we also have um, another lady who was a supervisor for me a number of years ago who now runs her own construction company. She's booked out to the middle of next year. We have a number of younger women on their various journeys. So some are first-year apprentices, some are fourth-year apprentices, and some are in between. We have a number of women from different spectrums, cultural backgrounds, a lot of diversity there. So anyone who wants to make an inquiry with us, there's a bit of diversity there. We might be able to identify, well, that person's kind of like me and that's who I want to speak to. And and that's really what we're about. If we get inquiries, we forward it on to one of our ambassadors. They have a bit of a chit-chat to them and then we sort of go from there about what the next steps are. Is construction an industry that's just a young woman's gig? No. No, absolutely not. It's it's for everybody. It's genderless, it's ageless, it's purely reliant on a lot of lived experience from people from multiple different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I think it's proven through many companies that the more diversity you have based on any type of demographic, whether it's a, a you know a multicultural background, whether it's gender, whether it's age, whether it's um, you know sexuality, whatever it is, the more diversity you have, the smarter your company is going to operate. How many women are you looking to get into <laughs> building and construction? We want to see 50%, but you know yeah. we're, we're at 1% now, so I don't know if I'm going to see it in my lifetime I'd love to but I can't see any reason why if you know the population of of Australia is 51% female but we've only got 1% of trades what's gone wrong Mm. Um, and and why isn't this you know working in the industry it pays well you know I have lifelong friendships and experiences I've learned so much I've traveled all over Australia and all over the world with my job I think it's one of the best industries you can ever work in but somehow women are being left behind in that. Um, mm. I think post-COVID, there's a lot of women who have been left behind economically, and I think that this is a great option. I just don't don't quite understand why we can't get more women in. And I think that it won't take much to tweak some of those cultural changes and other things to actually encourage more of it. And I think that's a benefit to the industry overall. Yes. But So my goal would be 50%. You know, it's pretty aspirational, but any change we can have, I'd like to see about 100 women in the ACT undertake an apprenticeship annually. We're going to start off with our Women in Trades program with Spark with, I think, 15. And look, we're just going to keep going from there and, and hope that more and more people are encouraged to join up. Emma, you're the training and employment manager for Spark, which is a major urban construction project out at Gin and Derry. Before we talk about Spark and the training initiatives you got in place for women, perhaps you could give us a little bit of your background and how you came to be working in this field. Yeah, so I I came to Canberra in 2015 from South Australia and I was engaged by Gin and Derry 
which is a joint venture between Riverview Projects and the Suburban Land Agency, um, to set up a training and employment strategy for this development called Gin and Dairy that was happening in West Belconnen. I had been doing a similar role for South Australian government, working on urban renewal projects and working out how local community could benefit economically from those developments. So I was very excited to be able to uh, have a chance to come over to Canberra to look at uh, to look at what we could do here. Uh, my background is is uh, I'm not a tradie like Joe. Uh, my background has always been working with those in our community who often need a second chance or a, a hand up, um, not a handout. Um, so uh, my background was was working in job active providers, working for recruitment agencies, running traineeship and apprenticeship centres and looking at how we could help people start start their journey and start careers. But in the, the later part of my career in South Australia, for about eight, nine years, I was working a lot in the construction sector. So that's, I guess, how I, how, how I kind of came to camp. Mm-hmm. Now, Subject ACT has covered stories over the past few years about construction companies, developers, builders in the ACT, and they haven't always had a good name or track record. And there have been countless events uh, that have entrenched negative community attitudes towards developers. Spark is part of a huge urban development program. How does Spark address the scepticism and, and perhaps the cynicism on the part of the public? Yeah, well, it's, it's really interesting. When I first came to Canberra in 2015, everyone was like, oh, you work for a developer why are you doing a training and employment strategy? You know, don't developers just cut up the land and sell it for as much as they can? And I guess uh, the developer that I work for, Riverview Projects, is is quite different. I've never experienced a developer like it before. And I was uh, very, very hesitant when I took the job to go, oh, are they going to be able to practice what they preach? And I guess for, for Gin and Dairy, it is, um, it is a project that has a triple bottom line approach. So it's not just about the economic side of things, it's about the social side of things and the, um, the environmental, ecological side of things. And if uh, decisions don't tick those three boxes, we often don't go ahead with them. So, you know, the scepticism was there definitely when I first came to Canberra. Why would a developer care about getting people educated and trained? Why would they care? Mm. And I say, well, why wouldn't they? You know, we we have a 35-year um, development, greenfield development, happening on the back doorstep of West Belconnen, which is one of the lowest socioeconomic areas in Canberra. And as a developer, we are in a joint venture with the ACT government. So we, our partner is the Suburban Land Agency. And we have a social responsibility to make sure that we share the economic growth and the benefits of our project with the local community where we can. And that's kind of how Spark came about. So we figure that uh, education and knowledge is power. So if there are people in the Canberra community that want the opportunity to be reskilled and retrained and have job opportunities in a range of industry sectors, that would be a really good thing for a developer to do. And that's what we did. We started, uh, so Spark is really the marketing name for Gin and Derry's training and employment strategy. And under the Spark banner, uh, we have a suite of programs that we deliver every year. And those programs are quite different than if you were to go um, to other training organisations because they're made up differently. We have a lot of support built in because we know the, the people coming on our programs. It's not just about the training, it's about uh, treating a person as um, a whole person because we know that life can get a bit bumpy sometimes for people. Um, So it's about how do we support people on their journey 
to get back into work or education because it not only helps them, it helps their family and it helps their community. You're listening to 2XXFM, People Powered Radio. You're with me, Hedda Murray, and the program is Subject ACT. With me in the studio is Joe Farrell and Emma Scraby, and we're talking about support and opportunities for women to break into the totally male-dominated construction industry here in Canberra. Emma, what sort of uh, program have you got sketched out for 2021? Yeah, so we were really fortunate um, at the beginning of this year to be able to access some of the federal government's job trainer funding, uh, which was a whole lot of free accredited training places in response to COVID-19 to look at people who have been misplaced and to reskill and upskill. So this year we've been able to uh, develop a schedule where we're delivering, I think it's nearly 13 programs uh, between January and December this year. We have delivered or started nearly three or four of them and we have a whole suite of programs coming up. So conservation land management, civil construction, general construction, uh, we run women return to work programs. Um, We do childcare, community services. So we target a lot of the industries where if you haven't worked for a long time or you haven't ever worked before, what are those industry sectors where we know there is a skills demand and that we know the academic level of the qualifications needed to get in is not a diploma or a university level because we are aware that some people just need a start and don't necessarily want to be overwhelmed from an academic point of view. So Mm. those are the areas we look at targeting. Mm. Now, just uh, before we came on air, we were chatting about uh, your civil construction program for women. Tell us about that pipeline and how the women are doing. Yeah, so we, um, again, are fortunate with our friends at Skills Canberra to be able to get some funding uh, in partnership with the Master Builders Association here in the ACT. And... um, We had uh, been talking to the Civil Contractors Federation, which is the peak body for civil construction here in the ACT. And we've been talking to them for a little while and saying, hey, if we could get some funding together, would you be interested in doing a specific program for women to get more women into civil? And at first they were kind of like, oh yeah, we think so. But then we got the money and we said, we're doing this. And they're like, okay. So in our 2019 program, we had four Uh, civil contractors from Canberra involved and from that program uh, we started with 13 women and I think 10 or 11 finished and all of those women were offered jobs in December 2019. Great. I think seven seven of those women are still there as we said before we uh, uh, we had a dinner on on the 22nd of March uh, with all of them and you know just to see how they're going is fantastic and then last year Um, COVID kind of got in the way of our program and we pushed it out to the end of the year and we have 13 women start, 11 finish, all 11 were offered work. Two of those declined because of other opportunities and uh, eight of those women are are still working now. So, And we had eight civil contractors on board uh, for the 2020 program. We're doing another one in October this year and I'm hoping we'll have even more contractors on board. So the women, look, the women are doing different roles in that civil sector. They're, some of them are driving some of the uh, machinery, which is the big plant and equipment, so water trucks, rollers, excavators, graders. Others are doing labouring work, so they love being in the trenches, laying pipe. Others are doing curbing, concreting, um, you know, a whole, whole range of different tasks. 
But again, civil, uh, you know, civil is just one of the elements of the construction sector. But civil were screaming out for staff, their workforce is getting older, and they really need to look at new ways of sourcing a different kind of candidate than they usually would. And as Joe said, 51% of the population are women. So to be able to have a program that helps connect employers, because some employers don't know how to do it. They want to do it, but they don't know how. Um, so I guess with our civil program, it's it's kind of been a bit of a helping hand. It doesn't solve ever, everything, but a bit of a helping hand to kind of connect the dots and, and get more women in there. Tell us about the uh, Job Trainer Women in Trades program, which I believe is a program that's starting very soon. Yeah, we're really excited. So from a Spark perspective, We've never really um, offered a program specifically for trades and obviously specifically for women in trades. So uh, we uh, were obviously able to work with Jo through Build Like a Girl with, with her connections and experience and the master builders again to say, well, if there's women out there in Canberra who have always wanted to look at an apprenticeship but never had the opportunity or never knew where to go, this could be the opportunity that, that you're looking for. So we're really excited to uh, to promote that. And, and we have um, our enrolment session on the 8th of April uh, and the program will commence on Monday the 19th of April and run for 10 weeks. Right, so if you're a woman or you know of a woman who'd be interested in jumping on board this opportunity, how do they find out about it? What uh, yeah, who do they so, call? So, so if people jump on our Gin and Dairy website, which is ginanddairy.com, they'll find it there. But if they want to give us a call on one 316 900 or they can email spark at ginanddairy.com and send us an email. Uh, there is some selection criteria we need to go through. Um, so we like to check that people are eligible for the funding because we have the funding to run the program. And uh, if that all works out, we get them to come along on the 8th of April and we'll go through the whole program. So it's five days a week for 10 weeks, six weeks of it is theory-based, four weeks is industry placement. So the women will get a chance to experience a week as a carpenter, a week as a plumber, a week as an electrician so they can really make an informed decision at the end of the program around whether this is really for them or not. And if it is for them, then we'll work with our friends over here at Build Like a Girl and they'll help us source those opportunities in partnership with the MBA for those women to, to look at a pathway into. And there's a project happening in Gin and Dairy, I believe it's in Gin and Dairy, an all-female team is building and selling a house for charity that you're both involved in. Yeah, Joe? yeah. So, um, Master Builders Association um, have uh, done a number of charity houses in Canberra over the over the years, and and this year I think they uh, they wanted to do something a bit different. So they they um, had a chat with Emma and I, and we came up with a bit of a model whereby you know I said to them, well, women can build houses just as much as anyone else, and and so we wanted to um, really demonstrate that, and and so our um, it's been really lovely how it's um, developed over the past couple of months and, and who's been involved. So our design team, so Anna and her team from Indesco and, and Cassandra Keller from CK Architecture and, and her team, Abby and Maddie, have, have done the design. Um, Karina Hobbs um, has come in to do landscaping. We, we have female building certifier. We're going to have a female auctioneer and, and then we've, we're partnering with companies that promote and employ women across, across the board of their businesses and um, 
in the past few weeks, I've just been inundated with phone calls of people <laughs> saying, how can we how can we help? And one of the really lovely things, I'm not originally from Canberra. I've been here for about seven years now. And one of the things I have noticed is Canberra is a very generous place. And when you put the call out for some help, you generally will always get multiple responses of people people wanting to help. So Canberra businesses are rallying around us. And for the businesses who don't currently employ women, they're now asking us, you know, how are they going to do that? And I guess, you know, what we want to do is have the Women in Trades program running in tandem. We want to use the house as a bit of a training ground and do some things there. It's got a EER rating, a seven-star rating. It's a very uh, fancy house. It's definitely going to stand out out at Strathnan and, and um, we're hoping for a great result. But, you know, one of the things we really want to do is showcase the fact that women can build houses any day of the week yeah. um, and they can do it very well. So um, we're really excited about this. We'll probably kick off in around the first week of, of May. And, yeah, we'll, um, we'll be auctioning the house off uh, later in the year. And I'm um, really excited to partner with Emma and her team and, and really demonstrate what, what these yeah. girls can do. And the proceeds from that sale... Uh, go to local charities yeah so hands across Canberra um, so Diane and Peter are our charity partners and uh, we've we've selected uh, a couple of charities and particularly charities that that have a focus on on women and women's needs in the community so charities like Crinia House for mother and babies who, who do great work in the community we have uh, Pegasus and we also have uh, Canberra City Care so all of those charities very very worthy definitely need some help like we said covid has not been easy um on the community and and particularly not for women and so what we want to do is yeah have a house that's designed and built by women and then proceeds predominantly go to 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 women's charities to help them out so that's fabulous yeah yeah well that's really great stuff i'd like to thank you both for coming in to talk with me about demolishing the barriers for women who want to work in construction and best of luck with your respective initiatives. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've been talking with Joe Farrell, General Manager, Kane Constructions and founder of Build Like a Girl and Emma Scraby from Spark. If you know someone who may be interested in the Women in Trades 10-week program that's starting soon, check out Spark Gin and Dairy online and register really quickly for their information session that's on this Thursday, the 8th of April. And I'll post some details on the Subject ACT Facebook page. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Heather Murray for Subject ACT. Community Radio 2XXFM 98.3, people-powered radio on the air in Canberra and online at 2XXFM.org.au.